When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Daily Thrones fans, it is here. Uh, it's me, Ken Napsok, here with uh, my good friend Joseph Scrimshaw. He has the head cannon station here on Anchor. Uh, Joseph, you're a Game of Thrones fan, and I uh, know you've seen the uh, pi- uh, not pilot, episode one of season seven, Dragonstone. What stood out for you? What are we taking away from this episode? You know, I really enjoyed feeling like the game of Game of Thrones was truly beginning. It wasn't mm. an exact bookend, but pretty close with uh, Cersei creating her new map. Right. and uh, Literally, yeah. Yeah, creating it, and Danny returning to her old map. So you had that balance of the new and the old. You had right. people who have been striving for power, who are a part of families, uh, 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 important families, but truly taking on this mantle that they're going to fight this game. And it almost, with such, like, literal board setting up, right. it almost reminded me of times that I have played long war games with friends on a Saturday afternoon, and you have two hours to just read yep. the rules and setting up the board. Risk or Axis and Allies. Exactly. Like, yep, absolutely. They're going to start playing Risk now, and I yep. liked how strategic it was. Yeah, so even in the face of some really uh, eminent uh, magical threats, whether it be dragons or the Night King walking yeah. down, uh, you're still you really taken away that the politics of, of Westeros are still very much in play. Yeah, absolutely. The politics of it uh, tied to like this philosophical questions of is it worth it? Why are you mm-hmm. doing this? And then also, I think it's a thing I complained about uh, early on when I was talking to you uh, on Daily Thrones that early seasons didn't have the budget to truly show the logistics of war. Right. So I like the idea that we're truly going to see them strategize and we're going to be as fans be able to go like Cersei don't send your armies there. Right. I well that's I love the stuff with Jon Snow finally saying in very clear-cut ways. All right, we need Dragonglass. The Night King's coming this way. Uh we need to send people to Eastwatch. Yes. Yeah, I mean, since Hardhome, he's kind of sat on that information. <laughs> All last year, it comes to life, and he's like, all right, yeah, I saw some horrible stuff. Hey, we'll figure it out. Yeah. I like that this is him figuring it out, so I know what you mean. Strategies right. in play. Yeah, like, th- a lot of the characters were doing things that we as fans would yell at the television of, like, yes. why aren't you saying that? Why aren't yes. you doing that? And now they are, yeah. which is really, really satisfying. Right. Uh, Cersei bringing in Euron Greyjoy, that's a strategic move that is I don't think going to go well for people uh, but it was also an interesting cross of characters crossing over there to, with, crossing paths I yeah. should say I uh, really, yeah. you like that scene? I liked it a lot because I thought there was a strong uh, theme in this episode of trust and of like siblings of like, who, yes, in, in also just stripping away everything for to have Cersei just have that conversation of like, I know you murder people you work with, yeah, like we all do. So why should <laughs> I trust you? It's like that also just feels like, all right, all the junk is gone, all the bullshit is gone. We're getting down to the truth. Yeah, killing siblings is fun. You should try it. <laughs> yeah, great line. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I and and I love the stuff with Jamie and Cersei. I love that Jamie's kind of like we're we're 
of the losers, right? Yeah. We only have three kingdoms of the seven. Really in trouble, and we should maybe just go somewhere. Yeah. Like, he's getting real close <laughs> to just, like, what if we just go away? Yeah, I, I, I like that there. Who do you think, uh, do you think uh, Cersei's got a chance to hold on to this crown, or is there just too many things working against her? No, I think there are too many things working against her. I think it is, right. I think we're heading towards, like, a Shakespearean tragedy and like her fate has already been sealed by her choices. And as yeah. much as I like her, I just think that she is not going to let go and it's going to get her right or her loved one killed. You like she's her? She's only got one left. Yeah, right. You like her, I like her. Apparently Sansa likes her too. That was interesting that Sansa admits yeah. I've learned a few things from that lady. Yeah, so maybe that would be an amazing full circle if Sansa mm. saved Cersei from certain death. Oh, wow. That would be amazing. I could see that. I could see that. Well, clearly, though, uh, that is one of the themes that the politics and the the game of Game of Thrones is still important. Seven seasons in. And it was Cersei who said, you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. So we'll see if those words come back to honor. Yeah. All right, Joseph, I appreciate your insight. As always, you can follow him on Anchor at Headcanon. Go over there and say hello. Tell him the guy at Daily Throne sent me. And he <laughs> says that a lot. All right, guys, that's it. It's been a long, long day for me talking Game of Thrones, but I still love doing a call in the station with your thoughts on what we're talking about here or more on the episode Dragonstone as we also look for and look forward to episode two. It's right around the corner. Hi, Ken. It's Christina Farrow. I just wanted to talk about the whole Arya thing. And I believe that she just, she's not interested in seeing her family. Even when she met Brienne, when uh, they were out, you know, in that huge field uh, with the Hound, and then they fought, Brienne was telling her about Sansa. And Arya just, she has no interest. She has a goal and she's going for it. And she's not going to stop unless this interaction with the Lannister soldiers do change her mind. Because I love that line from that guy that talks about, you know, um, mothers, I mean, sorry, uh, daughters <laughs> care about their papas when they get older. And I could just imagine that hitting Arya when the fact that she watched her father die and I'm pretty sure that that line from that guy really got to her. Hello there, Alba Nouveau here. Just wanted to say that I am loving your station. I finally today got a chance to watch the first episode of Game of Thrones and I will agree with you at many points. I also will say that I felt like it was a bit slow I was expecting more action. I guess it's a little bit of a disappointment, but not too much because obviously we know that we have to set the pieces in place to get the show started and, you know, have that storyline to get to that point of action and, and craziness. Arya Stark, clean out the phrase, best scene of the episode crazy how it was at the very beginning. I feel really bad for Sam <laughs> and there's so much more going on. Obviously, we just have to wait and uh, thanks for doing this. Um, Game of Thrones is is hot right now. Hey Ken, David Jin. First off, thanks so much for putting up my first question and um, your response about Arya and kind of where she's at. 
And I was thinking about it a little bit more. Um, you know, she certainly could still continue down to King's Landing and try to take out some of the names on her list. Uh, I think it's a bit ambitious and probably unlikely that she would succeed. And I started thinking about it more in terms of the storyline. I think it might actually be better for her to get up to her brother and sister. I think that drama there um, could potentially be pretty interesting. Um, obviously, she really looked up to Jon Snow, is closest with him, uh, and really uh, didn't really get along with Sansa for most of the, the show. And I think now, um, where we saw John and Sansa kind of arguing about, you know, what are the right decisions, the tough decisions, I think Arya would actually probably be in more line with Sansa now. And I could see that being an interesting thing where Arya has a little less scruples and might be uh, their, their silent assassin or something. So I think that could be an interesting way that they could play out this show. Howdy, Ken. This is Chris. Uh, I'm curious what you think about Sansa. I think she has a point with John. I mean, I think he has a point also. Um, but I'm concerned that she's a little in over her head when she's uh, dealing with Littlefinger. Now, I know she thinks she has them all figured out, but I know uh, Littlefinger's far from done. And uh, I'm just concerned about what that may mean for the, the good people up north. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Thanks. Chris with the call here on Daily Thrones. First time caller alert asking about Sansa. Is Sansa ready to lead? Is, he, is she ready to deal with Baelish? Was even more specifically a question. And how does that, how does she compare maybe as a leader to Jon Snow is a question I'm asking myself. And you know what? I think Sansa is ready. I think Sansa's ready to lead. She's shown herself to be uh, so adept at the politics of this. And I think a lot of themes coming out of this episode are that the games have begun. We talked about it with Joseph Scrimshaw earlier today on Daily Thrones. The themes of the actual Game of Thrones. Now, they've been going on since even before the show started with the storyline. But I, I look at Sansa. She has learned. She got waylaid a little bit in Season 5. But even then, she learned. I think she learned in Season 5 to not be someone else's pawn, and specifically Baelish. Now, Baelish is a lot to handle. Baelish could be playing you while you're playing him, and he's playing you again. And is Sansa a little over her head with Baelish? That is the, the top player in the game, so to speak. So I don't know if anyone would be fully ready to take on Baelish in a game of politics. Even Varys at times was bested by Baelish. But I think Sansa's aware, and sometimes that's all you need, where Jon Snow is somewhat still... I don't want to say naive, but but he's he's more of a brute. He, we've seen in some clips he may, might end up in a physical confrontation with Baelish. That's how he might win. Jon Snow is a great tactician, unless he's charging to save Rickon and nearly costing his army. So even then, Sansa uh, saved the day with the Knights of the Vale. That was a political move. That was sacrificing a little bit with Baelish, where she wanted to take more of a hardline stand. So I think Sansa... Sansa could be a better queen than maybe Jon would be a king. I've always felt that. We'll see in the end, though, or as the season progresses, if she fully is ready to take on Baelish at the Game of Thrones. What do you guys think? Let me know. Let Chris know. He called in with a great question. That's how we do it here on Daily Thrones.